Hi, this is Eloy Ortiz Oakley, and welcome back to The Ramp, the podcast where we pull back the curtain and break down the people, the policies, and the politics of our higher education system. In this episode, I close out season one of The Rant. I want to take a moment to thank all of our listeners. We've had people from across the world tune in to the podcast. Your support, comments, and continued engagement with The Rant has made this effort all worthwhile. So thank you, and keep listening. And of course, if you're watching us on the YouTube channel, hit subscribe and continue to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. I also want to thank all of my guests. They have all jumped in to all of the topics that we've tackled, and their expertise and their passion has made our interviews a great success. I want to close out season one with a conversation with a community college leader. Community colleges are the heart and soul of the American higher education system. I'm sure that comment comes as no surprise to you coming from me. They take on the heaviest lift and give people of all backgrounds, all ages and experiences the opportunity to gain the economic mobility that they seek and to have a shot at the American dream. Serving the top 100% of learners is no easy task. In the following interview, I sat down with Margaret Sanchez, Interim Chancellor of the Kauai Community Colleges in the state of Hawaii. We discussed the uniqueness of serving an island community and the importance of valuing the indigenous culture of a community. I hope that you enjoy the conversation and I look forward to continuing to get into the rent with you in season two. Thanks for joining us and enjoy my conversation with Margaret Sanchez. Hi. Today I'm joined by Interim Chancellor Margaret Sanchez. She's the Interim Chancellor of the Kauai Community College. She's been here at the Community College for about six years, previously serving as the Vice Chancellor of Student Affairs. Welcome to the podcast, Margaret. Thank you so much, Eli. Thank you for coming out here, too. Well, it's a pleasure to be out here on the island of Kauai. You guys have a beautiful island. So let me jump into a few questions for you. And first of all, thank you for taking the time to, to do this. I know how busy you are right now, especially with all that you have going on here at the, at the campus. And, you know, every community college has a million things going on, whether they're in the fall, spring, or summer. So I know how that is. So thank you for taking the time. Of course. Thank you for coming. So you spent some time in the California Community Colleges. Thank you for your service. That certainly has a very special place in my heart since I'm a product of the California Community Colleges, and I had the chance to lead the system. And before you came here, you were at City College in San Francisco. So tell us about your higher education journey, and how did you choose to come out here to Kauai CC and become a leader here? Hmm, how far back do you want me to go? Well, <laughs> as far back as, as the journey takes you, because mm -hmm. I know, you know, certainly my own personal story, so much went into me becoming a community college chancellor, including my own community college experience. So feel free to tell us about your story. Oh, sure. Thanks. I don't think I actually considered education so much when I was growing up. My father, first generation, from his parents were from Mexico, and he, he was a community college leader at Sonoma State University. Wow. So I watched, I watched his 
journey there. Mm -hmm. And it was hard. It was, it was a hard journey for him. And uh, I, I did go to Santa Rosa Junior College. Great. And Sonoma State University. And then I went to UC Santa Cruz and majored in biochemistry. And wow. I was going to be a doctor. And then uh, due to various things, that didn't happen. And I, and I joined the Peace Corps. And I, I served in Botswana and taught there for two and a half years. Wow. And... Honestly, I was going to come back and, and get my PhD in biochemistry, <laughs> but I, I really got hooked into education and met a lot of people along the way who had worked for community colleges. And mm -hmm. so that was, that was sort of the path I decided on after that. When I went back to work after having small kids, the opportunity presented it to me to, to lead the MESA program. And I, mm -hmm. I had been in MESA in high school. Right. And so... To me, that was very, very close to my heart. And probably my favorite thing I've ever done in my life was to lead the MESA program. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that was in Mendocino College, which is a very small college, right. <laughs> larger than here, but very small college in Northern California. And mm -hmm. we served children of migrant farm workers mm -hmm. and also inland band of Pomo Indians in our program. and. Over the 12 years that I worked there, I could really see generational change right. with students. They became the doctors, they became the teachers, they became, now they're the principals, mm -hmm. um, they're the engineers, and really, really a, a generational shift um, based on that program. Mm -hmm. Quite honestly, I left Mendocino College because I had a child who was going to be going into high school, mm -hmm. and I knew he wasn't going to make it in high school there. So he was actually transitioning from female to male, mm -hmm. and I, I needed him closer to services, closer right. to schools that would support him. So we, we made the move to City College of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And so I was there during his high school years, <laughs> all four of his high school years, and, and then, which was definitely an experience because I'm sure right. you remember those years. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. I learned a lot during those years. And, and I think that it was a, it was a very good experience, especially with the work we did with placement assessment right over there. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and grants. And, and I led the bridge to success program there, which included the, the city and county of San Francisco in efforts towards college going. Mm -hmm. And so that experience, including local government and education and promoting education, um, was really valuable. And also really learning about ACCJC was very valuable, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all learned about ACCJC through City College of San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, crash course. Huh? So then just to finally answer your question, after my son graduated, my parents... I had some ties here to Kauai, and they they wanted they wanted to come here mm -hmm. um, after their retirement, and so I looked for a job, and then I realized that very very important to me was that Helen Cox was the chancellor, mm -hmm. and I really wanted to work with her as a leader, and so I did apply for her and get get the job here as the vice chancellor for student affairs. Wow, so. well that is. A great story, like so many stories in the community colleges. So many of us are drawn to community colleges because 
of our experiences growing up because of how we think about and feel about the students that we see and how we think about talent being in every community. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've seen that along the way in, in your different roles. So for our listeners who are not as familiar with what goes on out here on the islands, tell us about the students at Kauai Community College. What makes them special? And what are some of the greatest challenges that they face here on the island? First of all, college is very special because it's small. Mm -hmm. um, we have 1,400 students who attend here, and about a third of those are early college students. Okay. Mm -hmm. The makeup of our students is extremely diverse. Mm -hmm. So 32% of our students are Native Hawaiian or part Native Hawaiian, mm -hmm. and a very high percentage of Filipino students and other Asian mm -hmm. students. Um, and sprinkling of, of other cultures in there, too. Right. So, you know, Hawaii in general is is very, very diverse, mm -hmm. uh, very different than mainland that way. Mm -hmm. um, I think that our students are, are extremely special because of living on an island, and it is definitely expected of you to graduate high school. We have ex very, very high graduation That's rates. That's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then many students are expected to go to work after that. Right. So a lot of our students really have to struggle to come to college. And our students have an extremely high cost of living here. What is going on in the rest of the country is very much amplified here. Food prices are extremely high. Gas right. prices, housing is completely inaccessible. So, so our students, to be able to attend college is oftentimes a struggle. So we do try to create whatever support systems we can mm -hmm. for our students. I would assume because the cost of attendance is so high, a lot of them have to work and support mm -hmm. families or mm -hmm. themselves along the way. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. A lot of them support children and, and very often on Kauai, they're multi-generational households. That's the norm. Right. And, and so students are expected to support their elders as well right. as their children. I would assume, based on that information, a lot of your students go part-time, or are they? Are you able to find ways to get them mm -hmm. to go full-time? vast majority of our students are part-time. I yeah. think it's almost 80% are part-time. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that, that's not a surprise. So the cost of housing that you mentioned is very high, and I'm sure to some folks on the mainland, particularly you know, the state I'm from, I mean, you think about places like the Bay Area or Los Angeles or San Diego where the, there is high cost of housing. What do you, th what do you think makes it different out here, and, and why is the cost of housing so high? Mm, yeah, good question. Well, first of all, to build housing here is very hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know there's supply chain issues on mainland, but if you try to build a house here, you add shipping right. shipping times. And, and we're not even Oahu or Kauai, so it's got to go through another island to get right. here. So so that, that just drives up the price of housing as well as it's always been high. But then during the pandemic, mm -hmm. many people decided that this would be a great place to work remotely. <laughs> <laughs> and so those who could afford it and had the means right. came and sight unseen bought houses. Um, yeah. And... And so now we're we're in the situation where rents are so high that you know one bedroom apartment is going to cost you upwards of three thousand dollars a month. Wow! 
And we do have some affordable housing, but again, we're trying to build more, but supply chain makes it very difficult. So, right. you know, it, 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 basically there is no housing to be had at the right. moment. Well, that's a, that's an important lesson for all of us on the mainland who just think about where can we live and work that, mm -hmm. and we don't think about the impact it has on the native people of that community mm -hmm. um, and how much housing prices are driven up just because, you know, folks who can afford it come out and live in a place like this. You just oh, had a commencement. Yeah. yeah, it was wonderful. I got to <laughs> see some of the video online. It looks like a really fun event. Looks like you're very close to, to the community and to the students. I saw faculty and staff there celebrating. Tell us a little bit about your commencement. Is there a couple of student stories that stuck out to you? Well, one thing that I'm super proud of is that our student government has really persisted during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, I know that a lot of the, the, the student governments dissolved during that time, and but we really had a great presence from from student government and the stories that that come from there are amazing mm -hmm. our commencement speaker he he was an immigrant from the philippines he came over when he was 12 mm -hmm. and really really struggled financially with the language he faced some discrimination and really persisted to make it through and mm -hmm is is now transferring to UH Manoa. He's he's one of the stories and and, and that's just amplified many many times over mm -hmm. over the 140 students that we had walk over right. the commencement. Not unusual. We also have and and I don't know why this story's sticking into my head a lot, but last year we had Chaz and Cham we had a set of twins who graduated with their mm -hmm. four-year degree. Wow, and they—they're from the island of Niihau, and really, yeah, mm -hmm. and and so you know, Kauai County includes Kauai and the island of Niihau. It's so hard to like express their story, but you know, they they definitely really struggled between going to school, taking care of their family, especially during the pandemic. They had right. elders that they didn't want to expose. We didn't see them for two years, basically, but they were but they managed to finish their degree wow. online and and take care of their family and now they are some of the last native speakers of the Nihau dialect of the Hawaiian language and wow. so they're they're teaching over at a school uh, Kavaikini mm -hmm. which is an immersion school Hawaiian language immersion school now that's amazing. And I know for some of our listeners who aren't familiar with the island of Nihau it's not open to tourists there's it's not open to anybody. To anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Robinson family. From, but from uh, the family, yeah. Yes. Uh -huh. So these, the individuals who live there, really live a very basic lifestyle. And I imagine it's it's quite a quite a transition to have to come to even an island like Kauai mm -hmm. from Niihau. Yeah, and, and there's actually a lot of Niihau uh, who live on Kauai. Mm -hmm. um, so still have ties there. Okay. Maybe they came here for school or right. maybe they lived here with their part-time. Um, there's a lot of back and forth. Too. That's amazing. So you've been a community college leader here for six years plus, somewhere around there. And for our listeners, uh, the community colleges are are part of the 
uh, University of Hawaii mm. system. Mm -hmm. uh, so unlike some states like California, it's part of the university system. And I know that's, that's true in some, some other states throughout the country. But what would you describe as some of the biggest challenges you have as a community college leader leading a campus like Kauai Community College? As I mentioned to you just now, our, our electricity is out <laughs> in most of our, of our campus. And so that's one of the challenges here. And, and I think that this is a challenge at every community college right. <laughs> is just sort of the bureaucracy of procurement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure many <laughs> folks in community colleges would agree. Yeah. So I would. I, so especially here when we're, you know, we're trying to buy large pieces of electrical supplies, it can take months, and in the meantime, we don't have power in, mm -hmm. a, in a lot of our in our campus. So, and here on our island, things just take longer because right. of shipping, et cetera. But mm -hmm. but you know that that's that's one of the challenges um, right. right now in my face. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, you know, having no power is uh, is a pretty important piece of operating here uh, on any community college. Yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of a boring problem, but <laughs> sort of mundane. Not uh, to the chancellor, I'm sure. Um, some of our other challenges right now coming out of the pandemic is sort of creating our own autonomy. Mm -hmm. um, after the pandemic, things were brought very centrally together. Mm hmm which meant if you there was a hiring freeze and if you wanted to hire, then you have to ask permission as an exception. Mm -hmm. And so really trying to create who we are coming out of the pandemic, I think is a challenge. You know, mm -hmm. who are we going to be to the island and our students? How do we maintain that sense of autonomy and that sense of being on Koi for coins as a native Hawaiian serving institution mm -hmm. and not getting lost within a central system is a struggle. And so honestly, the biggest struggle right now is housing. Right. So my number one goal is to create student housing on campus. I, I would assume then that the challenge with housing also makes it a little harder to recruit faculty mm -hmm. and, and staff and, and leadership mm -hmm. here to the, to the campus. Mm -hmm. Yes, somewhat. We've been very lucky to receive a lot of grants through Title III, which mm -hmm. is for indigenous-serving institutions, and right. then also NHEA, NHEA, Native Hawaiian Education Association. And so we are really focused on trying to grow our own leaders mm -hmm. um, Great. and grow our own teachers, grow our own administrators, and not have to recruit as much from the outside. Mm -hmm. um, of course, everybody needs housing, but but as a goal... And within hiring parameters, that is what we're trying to do for language, for culture, right. for that identity with, with Kauai. I'm sure it makes a huge difference for students who come to Kauai Community College to see their culture, to see themselves, to see their community represented in the classroom and in the leadership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Let me ask you one final question. If there was something that you wanted listeners from across the country to know about Kauai Community College, what would that be? Well, there's so many things. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would say that we strive to be a college that is for the community, uh, mm -hmm. for the students. And we strive to give every student that opportunity, whatever it takes to get them, mm -hmm. to get them to where they want to be. Right. Well, I mean, you just described the 
heart of and the beauty of the community colleges across this nation. I mean, it's leaders like yourself who understand the struggles that your students face, who care enough wanting to change their trajectory, to find talent in communities where many have overlooked for centuries. So, Margaret, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me on the podcast, and thank you for leading the Kauai Community Colleges. Thank you, Eli. Thank you so much. Thank oh. you. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining me on The Rant. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the like button, and if you want to follow us, hit the subscribe button or follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back with you soon. Thank you.